Blog Talk Radio. everyone, this is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Welcome to our show, my show, BJ Speaks, an interview with. On this show, I interview amazing individuals who are making things happen in their respective communities or industries. And before we get to that, I'd like to say thank you for listening and your continued support over the past three months. Each week, our listenership continues. It improves greatly. And I'd like to say thank you for helping us reach a milestone of over 1,100 listeners nationwide. It has been great. Thank you for the love and for your continued support. It is truly appreciated. And as always, if you'd like to speak to me or any of the guests on the show, we welcome the call in at any time. The call in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And if you're shy, you prefer just to send me a, a message through inbox, that email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. This past week has been an, a special week. I always say that, so you're probably wondering, why does Billy say that every week? But I say it because it's true. I'm very grateful each week and each day that I breathe I have the opportunity to engage with so many amazing people, most assuredly for my students and my colleagues, but as well as others who are in the community and folks who don't often get, get an opportunity to have their stories told or at least an ears, a set of ears to listen to. So I'm very grateful for everyone who crosses my path, the good and the bad. This past week, especially at the college, I was so privileged to have one of my dear colleagues the amazing Anike Madison come in and speak to my students at Broward College Miroir West Center. And she spoke on a, a, her topic for her session was find your passion in life. And if you had a chance to be there, it was truly an amazing experience because she was able to afford the students from her own incredible journey, what it means to find your passion and that it's never too late to do so. And if you're doing it, what, are the, what is the purpose? And what is your contribution to society as a result of it? So in operating your talents, it's so important that you know what those talents are. And so she really drove that in. And I just want to say this as well. There were some students who were there who were not part of my class, but were part of the natural audience because of the space in which it served. There were students who were there who made comments in their feedback that I really needed this moment because I was coming into the college to register for the first time. And he, and I was told to take a seat in the seat, the area that where the students would take their neighboring seat to be waited on is actually where the event took place. And one student, she told me, doctor, this is so nice because it speaks to where I'm at right now. I'm afraid to start college. I'm trying to get my act right. And this is so great. What Madison Anike said made sense. So my dear friend Anike, Anike, I thank you. And I think your lovely mother as well had an opportunity to engage with her too. What a phenomenal woman. I just want to say thank you for your contributions to my scholars and to Broward County for the work you did at Broward College. As well, last week, if you tuned in, we had an amazing conversation as well with Dr. Larry Johnson, who is the Associate Dean of English and Journalism at Broward College. And Dr. Johnson's incredible story, his book, his incredible memoir about his own journey, it too brought in much questions and, 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 and dialogue after our conversation. And so I want to say thank you to Larry as well and for his, his great work. And if you want to speak to or keep in touch with any of these individuals, you're always welcome to do so by visiting my author page, which is Billy Paul Jones, www.billypauljones.com. Again, that's www.billypauljones.com. And click the link at the, on the homepage that says who I'm supporting. That's the first menu link. And there you will see the links of all the guests that I interview here and any of the respective pathways that they want you to stay in touch with them. You're able to communicate with them there through that one-stop shop. So with that, I say thank you to all. Having fun. It is Women's History Month. So many folks have a misunderstanding what this month is about. 
it is truly a celebration of not a, not just a femininity, but the ideals, the intellectualism that women bring across the world, across the globe in their respective communities, bringing awareness to the issues, the opportunities, and the challenges to women, and above all, the contributions they made for our society. So this month, I'm going to be featuring a, a host of individuals, phenomenal women, I call, who truly embody the message of what it means to be a professional woman today, but not only a professional woman, but a lived woman, someone who's not afraid to take off the mask and stand in her truth. And with me today is someone who does that quite, quite well. Probably seen the promos for her. Her name is Andrea Nicholson. So this is a little information about her. Miss Andrea Nicholson and I are well acquainted. She is a dear friend of mine and a colleague. But I'll, I need to tell you some of the phenomenal things that this young woman in her early 30s has accomplished. One, she is the national vice president of the National Distinction Society Incorporated, which is a national organization that promotes academic excellence, community outreach, and spirit across undergraduate and graduate communities across America. In addition, she serves as an administrator at Miami-Dade College in the financial aid department, where she could tell you a little more about her role, but let me just say this. She's pretty important what she does. And when she's not doing that, she's also an entrepreneur working in several of her own personal business pursuits as well. And somehow in the midst of this, she finds time to complete a doctorate. She is currently enrolled as a doctoral student, and she's soon to be a doctoral candidate at Barry, uh, at Barry University. So here's a woman who is on the blaze, who is making it happen. And I am privileged to say I have her here live, sitting right in front of me for Everyday Folks Radio. So say hello, if you will, Andrea Nicholson. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm deeply honored to be here to open up Women's History Month. Well, I'm so glad you're here because you and I have been talking for a few weeks now about this conversation. And I know how busy you are, so I appreciate your A, taking the time to physically be here. But above all, to share your incredible story, because I think you, you deserve this recognition and you do represent what I feel, what we need and amazing women and women who are not being recognized today. You embody that in all that you do. So I salute you there. Thank you so much. And so your educational background, I just gave, I leaked out the fact that you're working on a doctorate, but if you could share, talk, let's talk about your educational journey. So you started where? Did you grow up here in Miami? Yes, I grew up here in Miami, Florida. I am a proud bull. So I graduated from Miami Northwestern Senior High. Um, that was a great jump off point because my teachers, they were all so encouraging. I was in honors and AP courses. So I've always had this thirst for learning mm. and it carried over um, because of personal tragedy. I ended up going to Miami Dade College, but some people will see that as a setback. I see that as my set up mm. because Miami Day, the people that I encountered there, mm -hmm. they have helped me and supported me so much throughout my academic career. And it just helped to spring me forward to show that my job was not done. So from Miami Day, I got my degree in biology because my dream was to be a neurosurgeon mm. and to specifically work with children. So I wanted to make sure that any neurological diseases that children had, that I would be able to research. That was my passion at that time. However, working with students one-on-one -on -one and, you know, working in a financial aid office, I, I got a love of helping other people that were in like the same situation as me. So business and working with students went hand in hand. And from there, I went to Barry University. Mm -hmm where I got my bachelor's in, you know, administration. I minored in health services administration, and I went on to get my master's of administration. And now I am a doctoral candidate in the organizational learning and leadership program. At Barry University. At Barry University. I have to tell you that what you just proved is that the trajectory, you got to commit. And the journey is not going to be easy. And I'm sure you have moments. Yes. In your academic, professional, and personal career, so they all are one. They yes. all make up this amazing woman you are. Thanks. But there were some moments in that, but you committed. So how do you stay the course? How do you keep motivated? Staying motivated can, it can be a challenge at times because, you know, 
work can be very demanding. Home life can be very demanding. And sometimes you look at it all and you're like, I need a break, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes a break is well-deserved and needed because I've taken a few in between this journey. However, to be surrounded by students on a constant basis who tell you their stories and they're saying that they need this education so that they can get a great job to help their families. Or when you see children who are struggling, but they continue to go forward. And not to mention the great support system that I found in not just my family and my Mm -hmm. friends, but my DS family, my second family. It has helped me to know that I'm doing this for a greater cause and that I can be an inspiration to those that are around me and those that may come to my life in the future. That's awesome. And I, you mentioned there in your doctoral program in organizational leadership. So I know what that is, but if you could explain how, what is that, what is this, what is the value of the program? What do you expect it to provide when you're done? Well, this program is twofold, actually. Okay. Um, the main course is about organizational learning and leadership. So basically, you are you're learning how to lead an organization, but lead it effectively. How to be a great, not just a manager, because it's a difference between managers and leaders. Mm. A manager just dictates and tells you what to do and doesn't really go in depth in you, the person. A leader cares about those persons that follow them because they're not subordinate. They're not just employees. They're your followers. Mm -hmm. And you're hoping to make those persons leaders as well. So it's telling you how to be invested in those persons that are following you. It tells you how to effectively invest in their lives and to lead them to great places. Mm -hmm. And the second part of the degree program is human resource development. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the name. A lot of people think it deals with just human resources like HR mm-hmm. and, you know, compensation and things of that nature, but it's it's not. Human resource development deals with developing the person, developing them in their skills, giving them the training and the acknowledgement, the rewards and the recognition that they deserve so that they know that they are valued within that organization. And all around, this helps to create better leaders, Mm -hmm. and it helps to create better followers so that the organization in itself can grow. And I I love the fact that you distinguished the two types of leadership styles or management style, because they're managers and they're leaders. And in many cases, we need the the following notions of of, of transaction. We need folks who can get things done, those are the workforce folks. But the, the best leaders are the ones who are transformational. Yes. And, and there is a distinction, would you say, as it's, well? It's a great distinction because a transformational leader, they can get the job done. However, their employees have a sense of pride in mm. what they've done, and they have a yearning. They have a eagerness about them to get that job done because they know they have something to look forward to, mm-hmm. and they know that at the end of the day, what they're doing makes a difference in the organization and that they are valued. However, when you talk about somebody that's just in it to manage, they just want the end result to be a job done. They don't care how the employee feels about it or the employees, you know, their opinions or what matters to them when doing the job. A transformational leader does. That's right. That's a very good point. And I think especially now in the the ever-evolving workforce that we work in today, we need more transformation. (laughs) We need more transformation. And that brings me to a question about your, your, your doctoral program. So there's been some challenges, I would say. So what would have been the ups and downs in it? Definitely the ups has been the cohort that I'm in. Okay. Um, Most classes, majority of the time when you take college courses, it's like a revolving door. You barely see the same person, you know, throughout your journey. However, at Barry, they have such a great system of cohorts mm-hmm. where you start with a group of people. That same group of people carries you throughout your whole entire program and to spend, you know, two to three years with the same people, you're helping each other, you're forming friendships and you're going through the same, you know, turbulent times together. And that has definitely been a a changing factor Mm. for all of us. Mm. We 
we all help each other. We've gotten, you know, to know each other personally to where we sit down and when we have class, we have dinner together mm. in class because we have developed that bond. If someone is, you know, get tired. You do. You get tired you do. doing this program because you get exhausted. And that's that's one of the down points of the program. You just get exhausted because everyday life just catches up with you. But you have these people that constantly surround you, not just outside at home and, you know, your friends, but you get it in the classroom, too. Mm. And they kind of encourage you. So you always have that one person that looks at you and says, oh, you need a hug today. Mm. And so they'll give you that hug. Or, you know, if it's their turn to cook and they think that you've had a down week, then hey, they'll make the special meal that you like the most, you know? So that's definitely one of the ups of the journey. Um, I would say one of the downfalls of, mm-hmm. of this journey is it is a fairly new program. Okay. So it's it's kind of up and a down. It's down because, you know, things are not really scripted the way that you would normally have a program scripted. However, it's also like an advantage because there is. we're writing our own program. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're developing as we go. So we are making things better for those that come after us. And it kind of relates well to your topic of being or, of organizational. Yes, leadership. yes, yes. <laughs> we, are, we are our degree in the making. You are. And I, I love that. And I, I hope Barry University is listening because that, that, I hope that phrase is not copywritten, Andrew. <laughs> they should be able to take that and run with it. But it's true that you are your own laboratory. And I think that's fascinating. It is. For those of you who are tuning in now, you'd like to speak to me or to Andrea. Our call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you prefer to speak to us through email, our email inbox is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And Andrew, I actually have a question for you. It's actually coming from Clara from Texas, Austin, Texas. Wow. So Clara asked this question. Andrew, a great voice, by the way, she says. She says, Thank so you. in all of your, your busy life, do you have downtime? And what do you like to do for fun when you're not working so much or studying? Um, it's, I do schedule downtime. I, I have a planner, both electronic and paper. Okay. Because organization, I have found, is key when it comes to scheduling everything. But I do indeed make time for a downtime. So give an example of this downtime. Let's get more specific here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely downtime includes going to dinner with friends, Mm -hmm. just unloading about the week, Mm -hmm. enjoying, having fun. Um, I know my mom and I, we like to escape to Disney World every chance we get. Good for you. Good for you. So, you know, we definitely, you know, if I feel a little stressed, I'm like, oh, it's time to go see Mickey, you know, or... Definitely within the Distinction Society organization, we all find a way to somehow get together and meet. So just meeting with my second home and just laughing and talking, just hanging around in the living room, just watching TV with my friends is is such a great joy to me. And it keeps me refreshed and rejuvenated Mm. for the week to come. So I do find my time over the weekends to try to, you know, schedule in my downtime to just reconnect with those people around me that supported me to give them a piece of me that they usually don't see during the work week, but that piece of me that loves to have fun and joke and laugh and just (laughs) kid around all day. What I think, and even you folks, you can't see this, but even as she's saying this, she's smiling, (laughs) which is important because we have to have the right balance. Yes. Uh, work health, work uh, balance, work-life balance. In, yes. in our lives. And I find that sometimes people commit, commit, commit so much. That's not a bad thing that you have a commitment to work, but there's work is only one aspect of life. Exactly. And Claire, uh, I hope you're listening. Hope that was some good advice. If you'd like to call in and, and follow up with that conversation, you're welcome to do so at our our call-in line at 5, 347-539-5372, or you can shoot me a follow-up email. So, Andrew, you are a member of Distinction Society. You've already, it's a great way to segue into that conversation. Yes. So, running, you had to run for national office. Yes. And I remember this. This was almost like three or four years ago where you actually had to run for this position. But after the honeymoon is over and you won the election, the great work 
gets done. So what are some of the projects or initiatives that, you, that you're doing within the organization? Well, definitely with my esteemed president, Nikosi Samuels, we have talked about making sure that Distinction Society is a greater presence within our community. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely seeking new opportunities to help the community as far as you know, feeding the hungry, helping animals at shelters, you know, giving back in a way where the community knows that not only are we individuals Mm -hmm. one and the same, but our organization as a whole cares. And, you know, the Ronald McDonald House Mm -hmm. is a great, you know, community service event that we go to all the time. Mm -hmm. And we just want to expound on those efforts. We want to make sure that other you know, places like maybe Camilla's house and animal shelters, you know, the food bank, they know that we're here and we're here to help them at all times. You know, a month ago for about a, about a it's been about two months now, because yes. we had it back in January. What Andrew speaks of, I have to tell you what this fabulous lady has done. So the organization, um, the beta chapter here in Miami, of which I'm the, the alumni president, we have our, bi, our bi-monthly event at the Ronald McDonald House of Greater Miami. And although our national vice president, who resides here in Miami, was unable to make it, she came to my house the night before and brought me a trunk load of goods. <laughs> and it was so beautiful that you did that. And thanks to you and all the others, I did an estimate of the n- amount of donations we obtained in that one week. Mm-hmm. You're talking close to $4,000 worth so of donations. Amazing. So I want to thank you and, and let people realize that even in the midst of her having her, her downtime and working in studies in her career, she also is never too tired to do good for the community. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. And I think that some of the, the neatness about being a being in an organization, a lot of folks have misconceptions about um, fraternities and sororities. Under DS, DS has an um, it's the umbrella that serves Mu Omicron Delta fraternity and Lambda Omicron Delta sorority. What's your take for people who make this statement? I don't want to be a Greek because I hear all the hazing and I hear all this bad stuff. And I'm sure you encounter that. What's your response to those kinds of folks? Honestly and truly, I used to be one of those people Mm. before I actually heard of Distinction Society. Mm -hmm. I used to be one of those that was like, I'm not going to go through embarrassing myself just to be a part of an organization. Right. However, after listening to my dear friend, Shante Brown, who Mm. was already a Lambda, you know, I realized that it was not an embarrassing moment that had to happen for her to be a part of Distinction Society. Of course, you go through and you meet everyone and, you know, you do your little tasks, but your tasks are not done maliciously Mm -hmm. or to embarrass you. Those tasks are done to show your commitment, to show your, you know, how distinct you are as a person, to, to bring your enrichment to the table. Mm-hmm. And so after going through the process of doing our projects and showing who I truly am to the organization, I found that this has been such a great opportunity for me. Never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that the mm-hmm. Nation Society would have brought so much kindness and love and so many people that I just can't see my life being without. Mm-hmm. So it's such a great opportunity, and I feel like if anyone has the opportunity to join an organization such as ours, that they should jump at the chance, honestly and truly. Even when it comes to our Star Awards, when we give, mm, you know, distinction and, you know, our special honors to those in a community that are doing great things, they have all come to us with open arms and with such love and care and they want to be wholly involved because they are made honorary members of Mu Omicron Delta and our lovely Lambda ladies. You know, and it's funny you say that because this coming up June 11th is our next Distinction Star Award ceremony. What she speaks of is this. Every year in Distinction Society, the organization opens its folds and creates like a, a hall of fame for non-members, folks who are making contributions in their careers and or communities. And they give do a this is your life kind of tribute and, and grants them honorary membership into the organization. The past few years have been quite successful with it. This is really the fourth year, actually, yes. of the program. And it happens. It's happening June 11th at the Bank United Center at University of Miami. So if you're interested in coming out and sharing more with us, 
The link to DistinctionSociety.com is on my page, but you could also write it down. It's DistinctionSociety.com, and you can tune in over the next couple weeks for more information, whether you'd like to nominate someone or even more so come and attend the event. It's a very moving experience. Yes, it is. And so you are doing so many things. At this point, you're, I feel. Thank you. So let's project out. This is 2016. It's been, the year has already on the third, we're in the first quarter, ending the first quarter of the year, which is crazy. And so we're in month three, a lot of goals and and resolutions were set back on December 31st, 2015. And I'm sure you have some of those things as well. So what were some of the goals you have? What are some of the goals that you have set for this year? Some stuff you want to accomplish? Well, this year, definitely, I plan on walking across the stage Good. at Barry University and becoming Dr. Andrea Nicholson. That is one of my biggest goals that I'm working towards. I do not want to delay. Mm. I am wholeheartedly moving forward at full steam on that. Um, I also plan on advancing my career. I definitely want to advance my career, whether it is promotion within the financial aid office mm-hmm. or whether it's in addition to my career and becoming an adjunct professor, because I found that not only do I like learning, but I like to see others around me learn. So I, I figured that it would be such a moving experience to be able to help teach and guide those that are in the same footsteps. Mm-hmm following mm-hmm. in the same footsteps that I was once in not too long ago. So I, I want to be able to begin the teaching process. I think that that would be a really fun and, you know, enriching part of my life. And, you know, I'm just leaving myself open. I'm I'm looking forward to a lot more relaxed time. <laughs> once, <laughs> once I'm done with my degree, I'm looking definitely to, you know, give my friends more of me to give my family more of me and to just have fun after that, you know? It's funny you say that. I remember 13 years ago, I graduated with my doctorate and there's a lot of sacrifice. And I don't think people realize because in the midst of this, you still have to work full time. You still are a a significant other or committed individual in your family unit. It's, there's a lot and there's a lot that takes toll. So when everyone else can go home and hey, call it a good evening and, and have a Netflix night or watch their favorite TV show, you're busy going to class. Yes. You're transitioning. And you live, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, you live on the other side of town yes, as I well. Do. So there's a lot of commuting. And folks who are listening, commuting in Miami is very special. <laughs> it is. So electronic textbooks are very helpful. Indeed. Because you plug them into your Oxford and you listen to your chapter while you're in commute. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The the use of technology <laughs> compared to my era to now. Oh, it I, helped I, me greatly. It's helped you, hasn't it? Yes. If not hurt you, because then it, when you're in the car, you're also, it's still an on mode, right? Yes. About studying. Yes. So it could also probably be a little hindrance too. So what, who influences you? Who or what influences you? I have so many influences. So many. Because I want to say, at a very early age, mm-hmm. my father and my mother instilled in us education was going to be your key to unlock so many things in your future that was not possible for them. Mm. So my father and my mother have foremost been the first people that have inspired me to continue this journey on education. Then I I look at my my siblings, my younger siblings, and I want to be a role model. I want to be a great example for them. So not just my younger siblings, but even my friends that are around me that, you know, if they look to me for guidance, then I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to Mm -hmm. make that good example for them. Mm -hmm. And not even just that, like Distinction Society as a whole Distinction Society has been that vehicle that that has brought so much motivation and so much inspiration to me that I can't I can't imagine my life without it. Mm. I mean, they have become such a circle of love. They are all the members are doing such great things yeah. in their life. It's true. So it's it's like you can't help but want to be among that number. So you always do great things because people around you are doing great things. Mm-hmm. And I want to say my circle of friends that I have, I always call them my best of the best. 
you know, every time I go somewhere, I, I say, oh, no, here's my best of the best, because truly, I feel that way. And my circle of friends, they know that without a shadow of a doubt, I'm there for them, and I know that they are there for me. And they keep me motivated. They keep me pushing. And, you know, they always tell me, no, don't stop because you're so close. Mm-hmm. You have somewhere to go, and you're going to make it. So those have really been what has inspired me to just keep going. And I, I, I have to say this. You know, show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, you are not your friends, and it's true. Show me the company you keep because that company – if you're spending your time with these people, there needs to be some value. Exactly. And I feel that you 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 connected that, and you fully have an all governance of self. Uh, the faculty, your mind, and your body, and your heart are all interconnected. Thank you. And that radiates out to other people. It's very contagious, and you yes. get what you put out there. Would you say? Exactly. You really do. You really and truly do. There, are folks. If you'd like to speak to us, our call in is three four seven five three nine five three seven two. We're just a half hour out away from ending this the segment so you still got 30 minutes to chat with us call us at 347-539-5372 or you can send us an email at everydayfolksradio at gmail.com or everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com and i actually have a question for you andrea there's a question coming in from mark mark is um, emailing from miami florida he's right here in town hello mark so mark thank you so much for your email and his response, his question is as follows. Andrew, you mentioned that you are very committed and engaged. Is there time for family life? Or is there someone special in your life? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mark is interested. <laughs> well, <laughs> at this time, I am single. Um, but I do make time. I've had boyfriends in the past along this journey. And, you know, I think it's really something special when you have somebody in your life that understands the journey that you're going on. Right. And not only are they supportive of you, but it just, it, it wants, it makes you want to find the time to be supportive of them and their endeavors as well. So I'm definitely open to new possibilities, but at this time I am single, you know, I have a few people that I talk to, but you know, it's, you know, Mark, if you're interested in a follow-up, we'd love to hear you on air. <laughs> and I must admit, she is a wonderful candidate. And I do want to share this as well. There was a study I've read, and I can't cite exactly who it was, but it was a, a credible source. Its name escapes me, but it stated the fo- it states the following: that by the end of two, by middle June 2016, mm-hmm. 70% of graduates in America will be uh, a bachelor's degrees will mm-hmm. be women. Wow. That is a very, um, that's a stark wow. number, and that's a beautiful number for women, but then it gives me, the, it, then it begs the question for the male side. Right. And you see it as well. Are you seeing more women in college versus men? What I are you seeing? I definitely see more women in college. Um, take my cohort, for example. Hmm. And my cohort, it is about 14 of us okay. that started this journey together. Out of 14, we have four guys. Mm-hmm. So it's 10 women and it is four men. And in my particular program, out of all my professors, I've only had two male professors that have doctoral degrees. No, every other professor has been a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see it even going to class. If you take it outside of my cohort, even coming to class, majority of the people that I see going to school on the same night are women. Wow. You see very few men. And the men that I do see, um, you can tell that they are already in a, a position of stature at their respective, the, right. you know, jobs. However, they are speaking more. So that's very honorable to see because they have families as well and they are taking that time out to sacrifice to be, you know, in school because they have a hunger for more. It's just, you know, like you said, it is, it's a great thing to see these women that are getting their degrees because we know that in the past that was just not so. However, it, it, it is kind of a shock because the numbers are so far from each other when it comes to men and women. Mm, and I think it's, 
it also it, it begs the fo- the follow up question. School is so much more costly today, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks don't go for the advanced degrees because of the financial commitment. And I think also that lends itself too. And a study, the same study also mentions that women are more likely to see the financial investment what an education will bring, right. and therefore they commit more. Whereas a male, if there are other financial factors that either prohibit or inhibit they're more likely to go with those before education. And I find it very interesting that you mentioned that. And even from a financial aid standpoint, everybody needs financial aid. Right. right. But financial aid does not help you for an advanced degree. Right. The only thing financial aid will give you is a student loan. Like, in my case, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank, I attended Barry University for my first two degrees for, well, my second and third Mm -hmm. degree, my bachelor's and master's. Mm -hmm. So Barry was gracious enough to give me a professional discount because I did have a great GPA when I graduated from both. And that sort of thing helped me when it came to trying to alleviate the cost. Got it. A lot of people, they don't realize that it's many scholarships out there for graduate work. It's professional discounts, you know, utilizing, you know, work, not utilizing what is it called? Tuition reimbursement. Tuition reimbursement. Job. Got it. That is also such a great alleviator, mm-hmm. you know, to try to deflect from the loans. And it's true, you know, women, we we do look at the long-term effects mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I know a lot of men, they look at what is going on right now. And if they can't see themselves spending that extra right now, because, you know, they do have families and, you know, household expenses, car expenses to keep up, then it is quite daunting. But it is help that's out there. It's just that you have to do a little extra research to find it. And also, the way that the government has set up the loan repayment programs now, is making it a lot easier for people when it comes to their student loans. Because Mm. if you work in public service, like Mm -hmm. education or, you know, medicine, teaching and things of that nature they do give you a forgiveness if you show that you can make consistent payments so i think that that's you know it's ways and i would encourage anybody that if you need help or you know you want to look into anything to seek out anyone including myself that has some type of financial aid knowledge and they'll be more than happy to help Folks, you're here listening live with Billy Jones and Andrea Nicholson, the amazing National Vice President of the National Distinction Society. And if you'd like to speak to us, you can call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. Or you may email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. There are a couple of questions for you, Andrea. They're coming in now. They're feeding in. And this one question is from Andy from New Jersey. And Andy, I'm not sure if Andy's a male or female, so forgive me. But here's the question from him or her. I am 46 years old, and I want to go to school, but I'm I'm afraid to start. Am I too old? No, you are definitely not too old to go back to school whatsoever. It is people in my cohort that Mm -hmm. are in their 60s. It is people in my cohort that are in their 70s. It wow. is people that have retired from their careers. That means that they have put in 30-plus years, and they are in this program, and they are going at a full steam just like I am. So I would say it is never too late to start school back. It's going to school during the day because you see a lot of the younger children going to school, like the teenage children, the early adults, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is kind of frightening. Many colleges and institutions these days are offering night and weekend programs. They do. And when I went through my bachelor's, master's, and now my doctoral program, that's exactly what I did. I went into night and weekend programs. A lot of times I was the youngest one, but I, I loved the environment because it was full of people that were professionals. Mm-hmm. They were in their careers and they were ready to learn and they had a purpose. So I would say it's never too, you're never too old to go back to school ever. And I feel, do you feel that it's a follow-up to that? Thank you for the question, Andy. Uh, as a follow-up to that question, do you feel there's value in being in a mixed class of different age groups and generations? I definitely do. In my, in my cohort, in my classes, 
it has ranged from 20 something to 60 something. And the value, the education, the lived experiences of people within those generations mm -hmm. are so valuable, especially to see them intermingle and mix together because it not only enriches your life, but it enriches your educational process because everybody is bringing their personal and lived experiences to the table because it's a real life working degree. Mm, very well said. There's another question here. And this question is coming from Cynthia, Cynthia from Deerfield Beach. Thank you, Deerfield. Deerfield's representing today. Yes. I appreciate the we appreciate the love. So, Andrea, you mentioned that you are a member of Lambda Omicron Delta. Um, I would love to become a member. So, awesome. what is the process? How do I how do I sign up? Definitely go to DistinctionSociety.com. All of our information is there. All of our background is there. You can definitely email me. My email is anicholson83 at yahoo.com, or you can email our host, Billy Jones, and we'll be more than happy to guide you through this process. We would love to meet you. We would love to have you come down and see us at one of our meetings or at one of our open house events, and we will just get to know you. You get to know us, see what we're all about, and we would love to have mm. you. Thank you. So... You mentioned all the folks who influenced you, but who would you say is your role model today? Oh, wow. Who's the, that, oh, if wow. you had to narrow it down, because you mentioned a number of communities there. Wow. Or, or, or areas. Is it hard? Is it that he, got somebody in mind? It is very hard, but I want to say that right now and probably always and forever, the role model, the person that I look up to the most is my mom. My mom is one of those persons that you can go to her for anything mm -hmm. and she'll be there. She'll be right there to help you out. She has such a great heart. She's so kind and generous and she works hard. I mean, my work ethic and my commitment to people, me trying to keep my word at all costs, I think I really got that from my mom. Because at a young age, she worked hard and she took care, you know, to make sure to look after her siblings and everything. And, you know, she looked after her parents when they got in their older age. She looked after us in the same time while working. And, you know, she didn't start off with much, but what she gained in life is just so great and it's so awesome. She is so wealthy because not of riches as far as monetary you know, amounts are concerned, but she taught us that it's the little things that make you wealthy. It's that love that you receive from your family and friends. It's the fact that you wake up in the morning and can still breathe. Mm. You know, those Very things right. are what make you wealthy. So she's she always taught us that it's the little things that make you happy, but it's the great big things that you do in the world that's going to make a difference. It is. So I think that of anyone, I would have to say my mom. And I hope your mom is listening. Mom. That was such a beautiful <laughs> statement. I hope you're listening, Mama Nicholson <laughs> or Mama Andrea, because <laughs> truly that was very special. Thank you for saying that to her. And so you just touched on my next question, which I'd like to ask fully. So your mother instilled in you at a very young age the, the, base, the, the elements of success. So what's your definition of success? I think success can be defined differently for each person. Mm -hmm. However, my definition of success is if you start something, you do it and you do it wholeheartedly. So when you finish it, you're proud of what you've put out. Success to me is being proud of what you do, not regretting anything that you have done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you make a mistake along the way, being able to be accountable for that mistake and to correct it, to actively seek to correct that mistake. To me, success is about your actions. It's about what you put out there. Mm. And if you can have that kind of respect from people because they know you keep your word and they know that you go in wholeheartedly at what you do, to me, that's success. Mm. It doesn't it's not defined by the amount of degrees you have or the, you know, the job that you have, how much money you get paid. 
to me, success is about what you feel inside. Mm. Because you can be a janitor, but if you are doing your job the best that you can and you are proud of the job that you are doing, then to me, that is being successful. Mm. If you have ambition within you that and you're following your ambition, you're not settling for less. To me, that's successful. And wanting the things for the right reason. Exactly. Everyone, want, and I shouldn't say to everyone, but many people love authority, positions, and power. Yeah. There's a lot of work and commitment. you got to put in the work you in do. order to keep those positions and to serve such a, a very vast constituency. Yes. And so a lot of folks don't want to, they want to talk the talk, but can't walk the walk. Exactly. And I think what you said is very true. Success is being able to manage all that, but also to see beyond all that, what mm-hmm. you say. There's a question coming in from Anike Madison from Homestead, Florida, my dear colleague. Anike, thank you for listening. Her question to you is, is as follows. During your community involvement, what has been your most rewarding experience? I think for, I think my most rewarding experience comes with every community service event that I put on. I feel that when you look at the faces of the persons that you are impacting mm-hmm. and you reach out to them mm-hmm. and you see that they're not only grateful for what you're giving them, they're grateful that you show up. They're grateful that you care. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like the most rewarding mm-hmm. aspect of any community service event that I'm ever a part of. The fact that not only can I give them things that will be helpful for them, but to just be a listening ear, to let them know that I care mm-hmm. and that this is not a disappearing type thing, that this is something that will continue always. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most rewarding experience that I have, just seeing the faces of the people that you affect and the, sometimes the relief that they have of knowing that somebody cares. You know, April 30th, folks, to follow that up, April 30th, we're going to be doing something special, you and me and the host of others in Distinction Society. We're going back to Ronald McDonald House to yes. be part of what is called the Adopt-A-Meal Program. Yes. And you want to ch- talk a little bit about that? I mean, what is the Adopt-A-Meal Program? <laughs> what are we going to be doing on April 30th? We will actually be cooking for the residents of Ronald McDonald House. And I think that's so awesome because within Distinction Society, we have some pretty wonderful chefs. I must say so myself. And I think it'll be such a great event because not only will we be in there cooking meals for them, but we'll be able to connect with those persons there, you know, because so often they're there for such, you know, they're there for such bad reasons. They are going through traumas in their life. And it's so heart-wrenching to see, you know, their children going through the diseases and the Mm -hmm. heartache that they are. However, to bring a smile to their face, to alleviate some of that, you know, responsibility that they may have, even though it's just a meal, I think it'll be so rewarding, mm. you know? It, uh, we we were there last time. You were unable to make it, but you gave us the, the trunk load of stuff. <laughs> and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but when we were there, there was, as we were going through our tour, because there were some members in, the, in our organization who had not visited before, and it was their first time physically in the facility. So during our visit, we made it to the second floor, and there was a little boy about barely, maybe barely two years old, mm-hmm. and he was so cute, and he was entertaining us and being shy, but yet engaging. And so the speaker, Ozzy, who was awesome, awesome host, Ozzy said, oh, but this is, he mentioned the little boy's name, and he said he, he had part of his intestines removed. And he and that's and then a follow-up question from one of our members was, well, how long has he and his family been living here? He said, close to two years. Wow. And so folks don't realize this, but it, what happens at the Ronald McDonald House, it's one of our philanthropic um, foundations. We support it because it provides a safe haven, a, a, a safety net for families whose children are going through some very ser- serious situations health-wise. And so their kids could be in a neighboring hospital nearby, or they could be living and recovering in this hospital. Mm-hmm. And the families are asked kindly to give a $20 donation. Mm-hmm for each night as a deposit per night. But if they can't, they're not pressured. And so any money that is gained is used to help maintain the residents of this place. And and the one here in Miami only has 52. They just opened a new room there. Right. Uh, so they only have 52 um, homes or, or rooms available with all amenities and private amenities in a common kitchen area, however, per floor for all families. And so folks, if you're interested in getting involved with the work that Andrea's doing, 
and Distinction Society is doing great opportunity to do so. You can never be too tired to do good for others. Never. I always never. say it. And I, I love that high schools now required it as a commitment, but I don't know if our youth quite get the fact it's more than just a graduation requirement. Right. We should be giving and paying it for it every time. And you don't have to wait until you graduate to do it. Exactly. You can start within the faculties and your station right now making a difference for somebody else. All the time. Yes. And, and so, Andrea, we're coming down to the last 10 minutes. We have t- the 10 minutes left in our session, and you have been so much fun. There's one Thank other you. question. I need to get it in here. It's from, from Mark is back. So, Mark, we appreciate your listening. So his question is, um, Andrea, so you mentioned as well that you stay committed, you stay focused. So what do you see yourself in 10 years? What's the outlook 10 years from now? Oh, wow. Um, 10 years from now, definitely, I see myself continuing with my community service events. I see myself continuing to be a great influence and part of Distinction Society Mm -hmm. because I see this work going forward for many years to come. Mm -hmm. I would love to teach. I would love to teach. Um, But I see myself, you know, trying to start a family, hopefully, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just having fun in life, using what I've learned along the way to help others and to just be a great person all around. Oh, and that's, that's that's the best part right there. Every day wanting to wake up and be better than you were the day before. Yes. Even if it's just having a good character or improving your character. Exactly. I think that's a beautiful statement. I did my doctorate in my in my in my twenties. I finished at twenty nine. You're a couple of years from that point too. And I can speak that there is value having done it young. Yes. Would you say the same? I definitely would say the same because I don't like I see people that do it and they have children right. and full time jobs and spouses and to me, I feel like sometimes I'm drowning when I'm doing my program right. and I have a full-time job and, you know, I have my family at home, but, you know, I don't have kids and I don't have a husband. So I think that would just add, you know, extra responsibility and extra, you know, confusion sometimes mm. amongst everything else going on. So I definitely am grateful that I did this program young before I had the responsibilities of children and a spouse. And because I think that it's afforded me the time and the opportunity to go out there and research and have study binges and, you know, just lock my way in a room and just do homework for days on end. Because if I had a family, I wouldn't be able to do that at all. Absolutely. And I think you're in a, we're in a time where women are able to make these kind of choices without, and there still are, they're serious to push back that at a certain age, when are, when are you going to have those kids? Yes, do these certain I'm hearing things? that. I'm hearing it. You're now. hearing it now. And yes. I think sometimes at the end of the day, you have to do what's best to stay in your lane and you're, you're committed. Your, your convictions are solid, but there are some women you find probably don't have that same kind of strength to endure right. those kinds of storms. Right. Would you say? Yes. And you know, for those women, you know, everybody chooses their path because of what's right for them. But you know, my thing is just because you have children and a husband, you know, if you can still find the time, then I would definitely say seek education, seek something, you know, because it's only going to enrich your life and it's going to help when it comes to your children because they're going to see you as a role model. Just whatever you do, just go after it and just do it wholeheartedly with all you have and make it the best that you do. You know, and there's nothing wrong with having a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I got to say, I, I want to say thank you for many reasons, but especially for that, too, because you made this commitment. You're trying to set up for a future. And when yes. you get where you're going, it's going to be golden. And, and, and every time you touch something, it turns to gold. I see it. Thank but you. the same will apply to your personal family life, too. So I salute you for making time to do what's important for you. Thank you so much. Because so often we can point out the things that aren't working for other people. No, let's talk about the things that do. Exactly. And I think for women especially, as a man, I, I think it's important that we acknowledge our, our women who are doing great things like yourself. Yes. And making those kinds of choices. People are living longer. Exactly. They're doing things at different times in their lives. So salute you and I congratulate you there. Thank you so much. So folks, we're coming down to our last six minutes. If you'd like to get a last call in or a quick email to us, 
The call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. There's one more question. (laughs) There's one more question. And this is coming from Sydney, Sydney from New York. So Sydney says, congratulations, Andrea, and all of your endeavors. So in the end, and it's not even a question, it's more of a comment. Mm. And the comment is this. Thank you for doing what you do and being a real live voice for women in America. Oh, thank you. That was a very lovely comment, That Sydney. is a lovely comment. Thank you so much. I really appreciate That's it. That's very special. And I feel that if anyone meets you, this is not a surprise for me to hear these beautiful things said about Andrea, because she's just that beautiful as a person, inside and out, and brilliant-minded. But it's very nice to hear that people acknowledge that. I feel that's your gift. Oh, thank you. You have lots of gifts. And you are like a campfire that people like to warm themselves to. (laughs) And there's comfort in you. You're a go-to person. You're a teacher. You're a comforter. And you do all these things very special. uh, And you're not afraid to give yourself of others. But I will also say, I know the other dimensions of you. I also know you have an appropriate boundary. Yes. It's clear. And it doesn't mean that you, you're not the type that has to snap someone on it. But if they do get to that point, you know graciously how to make people know their limits. Exactly. And, and also how to accept people for what they're worth. So I want to acknowledge that here with you as well. Yes. And so any final words, any inspiring words for anyone listening out there for you who may have just tuned in? What would you like them to remember about your our conversation? For anyone that's out there that's listening, I mean, the best advice that I can give anyone is to just, whatever you do, do it great. Whatever you do, love what you do. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing in life, mm-hmm. then it's not going to be something that brings you satisfaction. And you're going to dread it every day. So whatever you do, whatever you commit to, just wholeheartedly love it, enjoy it, embrace it. And we can't change everything in the world, but what you can do is to make it more comfortable for yourself to deal with. Mm. So I definitely encourage anyone out there to go after your dreams. Don't compromise it for anyone. And if you do have to prolong it, don't, you know, it's one thing to prolong, but it's another thing to totally forget it and give it up. Very true. You know, and just, just love what you do, love who you are. Embrace yourself, you know? Well, Andrea, I want to say thank you so much for being a great guest. And thank you for You know we're me. going to be following up with you, so this is the first <laughs> of many conversations, my friend, whether you like uh, as a guest automatically, but also as a hit, hit DJ, too. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So, folks, this this week, this month is a busy month for me, and I'm engaged in several activities that are in celebration to commemorate Women's History Month. Coming up on November 23rd, our dear sister, Orlando Wilcron Delta, Sister Andrea, um, Nikki Nasir, author Nikki Nasir, who's a Pakistani author who wrote an incredible memoir titled Golden Bangles, Hidden Tears. She'll be speaking at Broward College two times at two different campuses for in, in, in spirit of the month. And so definitely going to be great uh, footage and follow-up for that. And I'm hoping to have a conversation with her, too. So, Nikki, if you're listening, I'm hoping to bring you to Everyday Folks Radio about that time so we can give people a little taste of what you're going to be doing. In addition to that, I'd like to also add that we have a couple other folks, and I'm not going to say who they are, a couple other individuals who've gone through some extraordinary um, perils in their lives but have overcome those odds. And I want to get those human interest stories as well. So we're going to be following those up in the spirit of Women's History Month, too, in our next segment. So do tune in. And then lastly, I'd like to share this. In the month of April, which is my birth month, the month I came to be, I'm also launching a contest. And that contest is, the purpose of this contest is to get all of our creative thinkers who are out there to think about their opening line for their own book or movie. They have to write that one opening line. What would it say? And so I'm going to be collecting those, and the official announcement for that contest will be later this week. And then we hope that those who participate do so, and there will be a prize. And we'll tell you a little more about that prize once the official announcement comes out. But in the end, everyday folks, what I try to do here is bring to you, America, the stories of individuals who deserve the recognition 
And these are people who are special, not only to me, but to our world. And I hope that you continue to support us as you have been doing over the past three months and growing our listenership. Until we meet again, thank you so much for listening to Everyday Folks Radio. This is Billy Jones, the author. Tune in next week, 3 p.m., same time, for more programming and, and, and services. Take care.